0: Yes,
1: this is William. William, God bless. How are you doing? I'm
0: doing well. How are you?
1: Very good. That was Oren Headley, who's running the uh, California Recall, which is doing really well to recall Warren. I mean, uh, excuse me, recall Gavin Newsom. So, yeah. folks, this is William Ramsey, who, if I'm not mistaken, you're a retired attorney, correct? Yeah,
0: I'm still a member of the State Bar.
1: Still okay. So I could call you Dr. Ramsey if you wanted to. Okay, well, I might, because you're you're doing doctoral-level research into, I guess, what would you call it, sort of criminal forensic, and also you've been investigating the history of Satanism as it ties into crime and stuff, and you can find out more about William Ramsey. If you go on YouTube, he's got a great channel. It's William Ramsey. William Ramsey Investigates. And... um, There's a lot of videos up there and all sorts of things. I don't know what you want to talk about today. There's so many subjects you have up on your YouTube channel. Um, One thing that sort of interested me was like you have some videos that go sort of into the history of Satanism because people don't realize that Satanism exists today, but they don't realize that Satanism has existed for hundreds if not thousands of years. There's always been a sort of contingent, of people that were involved in these sort of dark, dark practices.
0: Yes, no doubt. So, definitely in the Western tradition, you could say witchcraft goes even back and is recorded in the Old Testament. So, uh, it just pops up and there are flare ups and individuals who pick it up, put it down, uh, different social movements. But yeah, it's a much more variegated and complex than, you know, merely talking about. You know, uh, Levay or Levayan Satanism, because he's part of a much longer spectrum going back through the history of uh, black magic.
1: Well, if you go way, way back, even in the Old Testament, it talks about the Canaanites sacrificing children or eating children, and certainly most people know the Aztecs were involved and things like that. So, so. That's going back thousands of years. And then more recently, you have one of your videos about, and you'll have to pronun- help me with the pronunciation, is it Gilles? Gilles got, de got, Rye. Gilles de
0: Rye or Gilles de Ret. The French call him Gilles of Montmorency because he was from Western France.
1: And what he, he was, what were some of the things he was doing?
0: Well, they, I mean, I think the tally, the suspected tally of his child murders was somewhere close to 500 kids went missing around the area where he was the marshal of France. So at that time in the 15th century, he would be the equivalent of the entirety of the Joint chief of Staff for France. So he managed everything, and he's actually involved and in was the kind of benefactor for uh,
1: the, what was the name of the young girl
0: who got burned as a witch? It was uh,
1: Joan of Arc. I can't remember.
0: Yeah, Joan of Arc. So he was friends with Joan of Arc, who uh, eventually got burned as a witch. But he, there was actually two different trials of him for child, for black magic and child murder. Uh, one was an ecclesiastical trial, and the other one was a criminal trial. So the records of his, of what he did, are actually fairly well established, and are are known very much so in France, not so much here in the states. But I came, he came to my attention because. Alistair Crowley was going to give a lecture on Gilles de Rye. It was called the Band Lecture, and he was not allowed to. I think he was in Cambridge where he was going to give the le- lecture, but uh, he also talked about Gilles de Rye. So, uh, you know, just like we're saying, that's part of this whole continuum of uh, the undercurrent of black magic and witchcraft.
1: There was uh, the very famous case of Countess, Elizabeth Bathory. I'm trying to remember what country she was. was it Was a Romania? It was one of those countries there in Eastern Europe. Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia. I think it was Czechoslovakia
0: yeah. Modern-day Czechoslovakia.
1: Now, it's my understanding she got it in her mind that she would live longer and be more beautiful if she was drinking the blood of children and bathing in the blood of children. And basically, I think she got up to five or six hundred children she had murdered before they finally put her down.
0: Yeah, it's very similar.
1: There's definitely overlapping themes between her story
0: and Jill de Rye. Very privileged, elite in a feudal system, and uh, really just some of the most vicious types of acts against innocent people you could imagine.
1: You know, William, whatever you did just a second ago greatly improved the sound quality. I don't know if you're using a headset or you're talking closer to the microphone, but it was much clearer.
0: Okay, I will have to just look at the phone while I'm talking
1: to you. Yeah, that sounds that much better. Clearer. Yeah, because earlier okay. it was a little muffled. So, so there's always been no in the in the situation of Jill's Jill's Day Rise. Was he drinking the children's blood, or what was his what was the purpose of him killing all these children?
0: Well, he was supposed. He he had this kind of uh, magician from Italy. His name was Pralati. It was actually part of a huge network. He was the head of it, but. He had all kinds of servants and uh, black magicians or stuff, but said that this demon could help, uh, named Baron, B-A-R-R-O-N, would help him uh, regain his wealth, and so he was tempted into this black magic kind of practices where they would abduct kids, and he had a couple of women who were burned at the stake with him, Uh, at least one, actually, woman who was a procurer of the children, and they would do all kinds of crazy rituals and uh, destroy the bodies. They would basically take the body. One of the reasons he was never caught is because they took the bodies and turned them into ash in, uh, kind of like a local kind of a cre- crematorium type thing. So it was, it was very brutal, but, um, he cracked under pressure and told his whole story, Gilles de Rye. So it's all kind of, uh, very well recorded about what he was doing. But he was doing it for a long period of time. And it, didn't, it wasn't just boys, it was sometimes younger women, and uh, he enjoyed torturing them. But, yeah, it was all for kind of black magical uh, purposes.
1: You, he, you say he had some connection with, uh, with uh, Joan of Arc? They were, what, acquaintances? Yes. Because uh, she, she's never been accused of doing anything negative, so I'm just uh, curious what their connection was to each other. Well,
0: she was burned as a witch, right? The English got her and burned her as a witch. She
1: but that was a political a thing.
0: Right. Well, that's true. Uh, but, you know, she was supposedly receiving uh, messages from angels, right? But she were, worked under uh, Gilles de Rais, right, at the same time. They were acquaintances fighting what they thought at the time was the uh, the British invasion of northern France.
1: Right, because there's extensive uh, documentation about the excellence of her life. I've never heard anything bad about her. And there are some very legitimate miracles attributed to her, but she was working in a very dark area, I guess, being connected to the French monarchy and Gilles de Rice and other people like that. Now, wasn't there another famous witchcraft case? And I try to remember it was Louis the Fourteenth or Fifteenth where it was a friend or associate of uh, Madame du Barry or Pompadour. There was one of the women who was one of the women in the court who was using black magic trying to convince the King of France to make her the new mistress. You're familiar with that? I'm not being very... Yeah,
0: no, I'm familiar with that story as well. She was actually a Medici. I think the King of France married somebody from the Medici Nobility of Italy, and she was into black magic, and actually, she was associated with Nostradamus, if, I understand, if my understanding. What was, was her right.
1: name, and which king was it? Do you remember?
0: Not up in. Mm-hmm.
1: I remember it was. I I don't remember if it was Louis the Fourteenth, Fifteenth, or Sixteenth, but I remember she was uh, trying to use black magic to become the king's mistress. Another. Yeah, guy. her name
0: was Catherine Catherine D. Medici. And it was uh, let's
1: see, King Henry the Second. Now, you, you wrote you wrote a book about Alistair Crawley. Um, right, Evil, Right. What, what was the name of it again? Prophet of Evil. That's an excellent book. I have a copy of that, and it, it's really amazing how many modern movie stars and politicians and. Uh, various uh famous personalities were in his orbit when he was alive or he even has quite a cult following today even though he's been dead when when he died 1950 something 1947 1947 Yeah, December 1st 1947 So you have this whole group of people that really think that he's great but you know when you really look into the guy he was uh really pretty screwed up to say the least
0: I would say so, absolutely. But his ideas were very attractive to certain people, and particularly the intelligentsia and the entertainment elite really like Crowley. Excuse me. Yeah, but even till today, so there's still people who are admirers of Crowley. People in, you'd be surprised, but a lot of people who are um, very influential today have connections to the ideas of Crowley.
1: Well, the thing was, uh, I mean, there was some obvious tips. I was looking at your book, and, for example, I noticed the Beatles weren't in it, but they had they had a picture of Crawley on their cover, and the Rolling Stones, they were into that stuff. They they had that song, Sympathy for the Devil. And then you had Jimmy Page in the book and L. Ron Hubbard, and let's go over some of these individuals because some of them are quite well-known. Yeah, I mean, L. Ron
0: Hubbard was uh, did the Babylon working with Jack Parsons in 1946 in the Mojave Desert outside of Pasadena. They were trying to create a magical current and also create kind of a, a kind of an elemental being, you know. And so they were involved in John D. type of communications with other dimensions. And he went from 1946, Hubbard did 1948. He started Dianetics. 1950 started Scientology. A lot of it, even his son said it was based upon black magic. His son described Scientology as black magic, you know, laid out over a long period of time. So Hubbard was very much influenced and mentioned Crowley in his teachings as well. But he was definitely influenced by Crowley, and Scientology has that element to it. And there's all kinds of other, Jimmy Page, Bob Crowley's bullet skin manner. So uh, there's very influential people. Timothy Leary thought he was carrying on Crowley's tradition, he basically admitted that he said that the synchronicities between his life and Crowley's were very obvious and apparent to him. They both were in Algeria. Crowley was and uh, Leary at the same uh, the same oasis, Bou So, um, you know, the, the modern age uh, has been much more influenced by Crowley and his culture than I think the average person may realize. And I account, I talk about that in my book. Children of the Beast, so
1: Crowley's influence upon 20th century history. Well, more recently, you have Marina Abramovich, who was doing the satanic ceremonies that she would call performance art, that a lot of these movie stars would go to. And I understand she knew people like Hillary Clinton and Lady Gaga, and um, right. was it Jim, Jim, James Franco? A lot of well known movie stars were hanging out with yeah. her. Um, yes. and then Anton LaVey and also, right, but uh, she
0: did, she did something called spirit cooking that involved blood and human, uh, you know, thing you know, human fluids. So she was very dark and, uh, her and Lady Gaga are pictured together. I think she's doing some kind of weird thing where they're eating a human body that looks like it's a cake that looks like a human body. And who's saying the, uh, who's saying it's, uh, Biden's inauguration, it was Lady Gaga.
1: Well, they, they all sort of know each other, and the thing is is that um, I'm amazed that people actually, are more aware of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I actually have a picture from Hunter. Well, there's a picture out there from Hunter Biden's laptop of him and her, Lady Gaga. Uh, it seems to be Lady Gaga, and they're smoking something. I'm not sure what it is, but she seems to be very... Connected
1: to the Biden crime family. So Hunter Biden's a friend of Lady Gaga, and Lady Gaga is a friend of Marina Abramovich, and Marina Abramovich is one of the main followers of Aleister Crawley. Because you had Katie Perry uh, in one of her videos, there's like she's uh, acting like a sacrificial person to be eaten, and they would create these uh, cakes of humans at various parties they looked quite realistic and then they would eat them but the the real story was apparently the after hours party was where the real events would happen
0: yeah that's the rumor is that these like there's an introductory party and then you get invited to the after party as well
1: you know at the at the Wichita. you're down in southern california right correct i'm close to yeah i'm in la so you know about the cannibal club
0: uh, no, what what about the Cannibal Club? I think I've heard something
1: like that, yeah. Well, the, can- the Cannibal Club's in, uh, you know, I don't know the precise location, but it's somehow connected to the Hollywood area, and basically uh, Katy Perry and a bunch of these other film stars were bragging about how they would eat human flesh at the Cannibal Club, and one of the owners of the Cannibal Club was Priscilla Chan, who's the wife of uh, Mark Zuckerberg. And huh. Zuckerberg, there's an actual um, tweet video from years ago where he was, if I remember correctly, on Epstein Island. And he was talking about how much he enjoyed drinking adrenochrome, which is apparently a product of uh, children's blood. And that's an right. actual. Have
0: you, heard, have you heard the story of Army Hammer, the, uh, the Los Angeles movie star who talked about drinking blood?
1: What's his that's name? All- Army Hammer. No, I haven't. Wait, What was that about?
0: Well, he—he uh, was—they're calling it a whatever. But he said he's a real-life human cannibal, and uh, that's what he was telling somebody that he was 100% a cannibal, and that he wanted to break his girlfriend's red barbecue and eat it. And he's from like a very famous family, the Hammer. I think they're kind of. Like, I think they
1: were an oil family, but uh, are you talking about Armand Hammer's son? I think
0: Army Hammer is related to Armand Hammer.
1: yes. Armin Hammer was the president of Occidental Petroleum, and he was right, a personal right. friend of Lenin. In fact, he always had photographs of Lenin and Trotsky and people like that in his office because he made some of his first millions by getting these monopolies in the early Soviet Union on various types of supplies and I think he also had the contract to sell the artwork that had been stolen from the murdered aristocracy and auctioned it off in the West and so basically he became a multimillionaire because of his contacts with the, the communist elite in Russia but he also had connections to the Gore family. It was his his money put the Gore family into politics. Al Gore and Al Gore's father, who was, if I remember, a state senator from one of the southern states.
0: Interesting. So here's the story about this. This just happened uh, January 2021. Women came out about abuse and that he would describe wanting to eat her flesh and were fucking lick her wounds if she had a little cut on her hand. And that she was suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder because of it. And that he was into extreme things such as blood, violence, rape, and cannibalism.
1: And this is the son of Armand Hammer, who lives in Southern California. What's right. It?
0: So, no, he's the grandson of Armand Hammer. So his great grandfather was Armand Hammer, and his father's Michael Armand Hammer. Or, yeah, and so like he's calmed down. But he said, according to this, he's dropped out of various roles, and his acting agency and publicist dropped him.
1: <laughs> because he's a total a total maniac. That's not surprising. Total maniac. total maniac. Well, you've seen these interviews where there was, uh, I mean, talk about the. by the way, folks, I know this sounds a little like National Enquirer, and I don't claim to be an expert on all this stuff, and I'm sure William doesn't either, but it's very interesting, and when you collect a lot of this information, you start to see certain patterns. So we encourage you to investigate this on your own, but I'm just saying under your, uh, under your nose, there's some very strange things going on in Washington and in Hollywood that you might want to be aware of, because some of these politicians you vote for might not be as good as you think they are. Um, now, there was an interview with uh, Katy Perry, I think it was in Europe, where just in the middle of the interview, she started talking about how much she enjoyed eating human flesh, and that was a referral back to the cannibal club down there in Southern California,
0: Yeah, I mean, they have hellfire clubs here in L.A. There was an old hellfire club in the 20s and 30s, but there's definitely secret clubs here, secret houses that uh, are very much like the old hellfire clubs that that Benjamin Franklin attended back in the revolutionary period of the U.S.
1: Well, they the house that he had lived in, they found skeletons in the basement and they were trying to decide whether they were there legitimately because they were buried or whether they were being used as uh, cadavers in autopsies or whether they were used there for more sinister reasons. But uh, as much as people have a high regard for Benjamin Franklin, there is evidence that he was connected to some of these hellfire clubs and it's debatable is what was going on in these clubs, but they are historically provable.
0: Yeah, but the, they called themselves the Monks of Medmanham. They were outside of London, and they were known to have like the originators of these kind of like eyes wide shut parties, but that was back in the 17th century. So they would bring in women and alcohol and do these things in secret, and, and Franklin supposedly was... Either attended or was friends with the uh, the progenitor of the the what they call the Hellfire Club, and you could probably say that the um, <coughs> Bohemian Club in Northern California it functions as a kind of Hellfire Club.
1: Yes, and other clubs too. Um, right, and others.
0: others known and unknown.
1: So uh, Mel Gibson, for example, there was an interview with him in Europe uh, a year or two ago where he's just talking. It was just a typical Hollywood-type interview where he's bragging about the different films he's made and films he's planning on making in the future. And it was uh, all of a sudden he looked right in the camera, and he said this little 30-second blip. He said, of course you know most of the producers and directors in Hollywood are Satanists, and they, they drink children's blood. And then he just went on, started talking about his other movies he was doing, just as if he hadn't even said it. So, you know, there you go. There's Cano Reeves had talked about this, too, in an interview. I heard the same thing
0: said by, um, uh, like, the daughter of Stanley Kubrick said that her dad told her that the the world was run by pedophiles. Apparently he told that to...
1: Nicole Kidman, too, when they were filming Eyes Wide Shut. Well, Nicole Kidman's father, Anthony Kidman, was a noted psychologist in Sydney, Australia, and he was accused of being a pedophile by an Australian lady whose name escapes me, and he immediately left the country and went to Singapore, and he was dead within a week. Yeah, Um, I remember that. So, yeah, there's strange things going on there too. Well, in Kano Reeves' uh, interview, he talks about being at a big Hollywood party and he wanted to get a beer and he walked over the refrigerator and opened it up to look for a beer and inside he saw two dead babies and he said he just totally freaked out. Interesting. Yeah, but he his
0: uh his start in Hollywood is a little bit more uh lurid than people might think. A lot of these young boys uh, get victimized. Some don't make it. He was the one who kind of made it through, but the stories I've heard about Keanu Reeves are not not pretty.
1: Well, the thing is, uh, I'm sure you and I and every, most everyone listening has uh, watched Walt Disney movies and I always assumed he was a pretty straight-up dude, but apparently he was uh, What was the name? Bobby Driscoll, I think his name was, was a little child star that was in Peter Pan back in the 50s. And that was Walt Disney's little sex toy. And basically, yeah, so Walt Disney was into all this stuff and he had, uh, what was it, the 33 Club at Hollywood, where they were basically having parties and supposedly these underground chambers, and there was all sorts of strange rumors about what was going on there. And more recently, you can see entire videos up on YouTube where Christian fundamentalists have spent thousands of hours crawling through these Disney films and finding all sorts of strange sexual references, or in cartoons where they'd have penises or vaginas or different sexual references in the films that were clearly right. not suitable for children. But the average adult, including myself, had never noticed until it was pointed out to us. Yeah, it's all subliminal, right? Yeah, just, just sort of tucked away in some of the films. And that certainly made me reevaluate Walt Disney because I noticed as I got older, too, that a lot of his films are... Getting into the verge of black magic, because when you look at right. the Sorcerer's Apprentice or Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which is actually a great film, but parts of it verge on sort of a magical. It's definitely not a Christian worldview. It's more like a the white magic versus black magic. Right. No,
0: it's definitely there. There's some very disturbing elements. Even his all of his stories, there's no father figure. So almost all the female stories of all of the Disney stories have no men involved. It's really just a lost woman trying to make her way through life. All of Pocahontas, Cinderella—if you go through all of them, there's very no strong male uh, figures. Kind of bought, you know.
1: But well, you know, I think that's part of that's a more recent trend because whatever you have to say about Walt Disney. Um, I think they were measurably better back in the 50s, but with the corporate changeover to Michael Eisner and others, it started sliding downhill at a rapid pace because you can go back in the 50s and see things like uh, uh, Jim Bowie. I can remember watching as a boy Jim Bowie with The Race with Mike Fink for King of the River, and there was these other sort of frontier-type films that Walt Disney made and also... Roy Rogers was making a lot of similar things like that. And a lot of it, I think, holds up pretty well for today to be suitable for children. But as you look at a lot of the newer Disney stuff, I wouldn't show it to children. I think it's totally unsuitable.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's funny how people used to think that was all very wholesome entertainment, but they definitely don't see that way as much today. At least not, that's what it seems.
1: So you had this whole Pizzagate thing, which was quickly denounced by the media as being fraudulent, actually you know, upturned a lot of these networks. They were in Washington, D.C. and were in Hollywood where it appears what was going on at Epstein's Island, among other things, and that would be a much longer show, but they were kidnapping children, auctioning them off in the dark web, where my understanding, they could find some, like, cute blonde girl from Nebraska or something who was 10 years old and possibly sell her on the dark web for $100,000 to some Saudi prince. And this was going on on a big scale. We're not talking one or two children. We're talking, apparently, tens of...
0: Industrial-scale trafficking, massive trafficking.
1: Yeah, tens of thousands of children, ultimately topping millions of children because they were doing it globally all over the globe, selling these children. they don't
0: know the total number, but they were drawing people from Venezuela, Mexico. There are stories of people uh, uh, crossing the border from Mexico into New Mexico, where he had a a palace or a mansion. There's just tons of stories. These guys were, and it's very odd. Nobody can really trace where he got his money. They know that he had half a billion dollars, but they don't know the actual place where he got all that. They know that he was involved in some kind of uh, Wall Street scams, but it doesn't account for the totality of the money. So there was all kinds of stuff going on. Maxwell herself had to have known a lot of that stuff. So uh, the people who thought that there was a global trafficking thing going on were right. They were all right because Epstein is a perfect example of that. He was doing it for 20 years.
1: Well... (laughs) And the, the, the amazing thing is, for those of you that are listening who are skeptics or think that possibly th- that we're exaggerating, that Dr. Ramsey is exaggerating or I'm exaggerating, we encourage you to go on the Internet and look up Jeffrey Epstein's flight log. I don't know how, right. how good of a memory you've got, Dr. Ramsey, but it's just loaded with rich and famous people from our government, from, from Hollywood, from the music industry. It's pretty astounding. And, I mean, if it's a blackmail operation, then you're blackmailing everybody. There's a name on
0: there that says Robert, who is the current head of the Supreme Court, which dodged a valid case regarding voice fraud. They just didn't even look into it. They said they didn't have standing. It was incredible. It'll go down in history as one of the more perplexing decisions by the Supreme Court, if not the most perplexing, because that's what the Supreme
1: Court is supposed to do is
0: address problems between states, and uh, that didn't happen.
1: Well, Lynn Wood, the famous attorney, in his tweets and various articles and interviews talked about he had found other things regarding to Paul Roberts and bunches of others of these people that were essentially being controlled by the Epstein blackmail circles.
0: Well, that, that blackmail material may still be out there. That's what's scary. So Epstein's in jail are gone. Uh, Maxwell's in jail, but that material may still be floating around. And I've heard rumors that it still is floating around. And uh, if you want to look at the blackmail stuff, if you read Virginia Dufresne, who is currently suing uh, Alan Dershowitz for defamation, nobody seems to bring that up, but she said she slept with Mitchell, who was a senator from... I think uh, New Hampshire or Vermont, and also Richardson, who was the governor of New Mexico, and these guys are involved in pretty high-end uh, transnational arrangements, agreements, negotiations regarding certain subjects. They could easily have been blackmailed. Well, Mitchell that... himself, Mitchell himself, who uh, back in the day, I think in, two, in the two thousand, sometimes maybe two thousand ten was the arbiter of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict for a little bit. There's a picture of him with the head of the Palestinian uh, government, Hillary Clinton, and, uh, and Netanyahu. They're all together. So you have a guy who's caught up in, if, if Jufre is telling the truth, who's caught up in a sex-trafficking blackmail operation, trying to make decisive decisions regarding the peace
1: process. That's incredible. Nobody even brings that up. Well, you're opening such a big subject. For example, uh, you can go on the Internet and see groups of Haitians that are roundly denouncing the Clintons, and apparently the anger was from when there was the big earthquakes there. The Clinton Foundation basically offered to assist the Haitian government with, uh, you know, basically relief. And according to the Haitians, what they were doing was basically stealing money and stealing children.
0: Yeah, I've heard that too. And then during the Pizzagate investigation or the investigation of uh, the Comet Ping Pong guy's uh, Instagram account, they were talking about code words like Haitian sock, like what does that mean? And people have speculated that that's connected to human trafficking. That's a human trafficking term.
1: Right. And it, it would be unwise to base this just on one document. But let's review some of the documents that have come out that people can't access to varying degrees. There was the Anthony Weiner laptop, which has been suppressed, but some evidence of what was on it has come out. WikiLeaks, which is, to this day, you can just go to com and look on WikiLeaks and see tens of thousands of emails from Hillary Clinton, Obama, and all these people talking to each other. And And Yeah, all of them, a whole lot of them. And in those emails, I remember one email where they're talking about finding little boys for Obama. And there's other emails where they're talking about hot dog and pizza parties, which people later determined by the way they were using it, they were talking about parties that children were at in in a sexual way. So that's in WikiLeaks. And then you had as Dr. Ramsey mentioned, the various transcripts from the Jeffrey Epstein trial and from the Gisane Maxwell trial. And soon we'll have paperwork from Jean-Luc Brunel. Is that the pronunciation of his name? Who was one of the... And his the stuff. Then you had... Nygaard two, just got
0: arrested. He was all in, involved in all kinds of shenanigans in the Caribbean as well. Nygaard... Uh, so
1: now, what, 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 what Dr. Ramsey is referring to there is Peter Nygaard, as most Americans are not familiar with him, but he's very famous up in Canada. He's a big fashion mogul, and he had uh, scores of models and stores and fashion paraphernalia, and he was quite famous. And he had an island just like Jeffrey Epstein's, another sex island. Of course, that brings up uh, the guy who owned uh, Virgin America, what, Richard Branson? Branson. He's sort of in that club, apparently. Yeah, well, Biden has an island down
0: in the Caribbean as well, so I don't know how he got the money to pay for that. But,
1: uh, well, that's worth touching on, because here you have Jeffrey Epstein has the sex island that basically specializes in pulling children in and auctioning them off and uh, getting rich and famous people to party there so they can blackmail them, compromise them, having sex with children or whatever. And just you know,
0: it, was, it was like a modern, It was like a, sorry to interrupt, but it was like a modern hellfire club. Absolutely. Every little St. James is really a modern hellfire club, just like back in the 17th century in England.
1: Well, the the point I was leading up to, to harmonize with what you said, was eight miles away is Water Island. And Water Island was owned by the the Bidens. James Biden and Joe Biden owned that island. They were doing the same stuff. It's astounding. (laughs) And so yeah, and
0: you, then you want to talk about you want to talk about information that's suppressed. Hunter Biden's laptop, nobody touched that with a ten foot pole. It was only the underground, alternate media that really looked into it, and you know some of it came from Trump and Giuliani, but those were incredible. <laughs> the, the pictures on there, are off the charts. So we don't really live in a free media environment. In a
1: lot of ways, no doubt. Well, on the, on, yeah, on Hunter Biden's laptop, if I'm not mistaken, there was uh, videos and information of him having sex with his niece, who was like 14 years old, and also Chinese girls who were way underage, and all sorts of mysterious business transactions that essentially were compromising this country.
0: Yep, that's correct. Um, and the DOJ did nothing and has done nothing. So not to my knowledge has he ever been arrested or interviewed. I'm not really sure what's going on. He, knew, he admitted that he was under investigation, but I don't know where that
1: goes. Pretty amazing. So, folks, I want to make a few announcements. Today at the beach and generally every Saturday they're having a big beach party. And basically a lot of these people are people who are sort of done with this whole COVID agenda. And they have big parties down there at Twin Lakes Beach and there's different groups in different locations, and they go from about two in the afternoon to probably about nine o'clock at night. Usually around five o'clock, they have a band that plays that's quite good, and there's food and bonfires, so that'll be going on essentially all afternoon, and that happens every Saturday, unless the rain's really bad. So I encourage you to go to Twin Lakes Beach where you can hook up with a lot of great people or are having a good time also want to remind people, this show is listener-supported. We've been on the air for over 20 years, and I'm not an employee of the station. We buy the airtime. It costs us about 400 bucks a week. That's more than I can afford. And fortunately, we get some ads and we get some donors. I want to especially thank Eugene and Shaw uh, and Mimi. And the Webbs Farm and Los Animas Cement and other people who send in bits and pieces of money, sometimes more, sometimes less. But that's basically what keeps the show in the air. And we do appreciate that. And uh, we've got a few minutes left. Today we're interviewing William Ramsey. I encourage you to go to his YouTube channel, William Ramsey Investigates. And basically, you can learn a lot there. Um we only have a few minutes left. William, why don't you talk about some of the videos you've done lately? You're always interviewing different authors, and what are some of the things yeah. that come to mind? What are some of your favorite subjects up on your YouTube channel?
0: Well, I did one about Jeffrey Nygaard, so if people who haven't heard his name, you can go.
1: You mean Peter Nygaard? Uh,
0: Peter Nygaard, sorry. And so I did an interview with him about uh, a book about him, so I would recommend people going to William Ramsey Investigates. My website is William Ramsey Investigates. I've also made five documentaries on uh, my Vimeo channel, William Ramsey, so about Crowley and things like that. I just did another interview about the QAnon deception, the problem with QAnon and how it's consistently got things wrong. I've talked about the darkest web, the deep web. That was a book that I interviewed the author about, Cult City, about how uh, Jim Jones was really a leftist activist and, and a communist, and that was all pretty much covered up, so I've done a lot of very interesting shows in the very recent recent past
1: well, I, I think all that stuff's very important. I think it's very important to pray for God's wisdom because these are dark subjects, and uh both I and Dr. Ramsey are interested in these subjects, but it really has to be leavened with uh some sort of Uh, positive. You're you're a Christian yourself, right? You believe in God? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, theologically, if you believe there's a higher consciousness in the universe, it also makes you inclined to look to see what evil is, because what is your definition of evil? What are these people doing? Evil things,
0: yeah. The book about uh, Peter Nygaard is Predator King. So people want to look at that book or look at